0: Today on Bible Conversations, we're going to be starting a series entitled, Now That You're a Christian. All right, well, uh, we are excited about this one. We've actually got about 10 different, uh, I guess, studies, for lack of a better word, that we're going to do. Uh, But we're going to talk through them. It's not going to be me leading a study or you leading a study. We're just going to be kind of talking about... Uh the the studies that, that I am having with some of the younger kids, some of the mm-hmm. teens, uh now that they are Christians. And we've had a lot of baptisms uh this year. It we has have. been uh, it's been phenomenal. I think we've had it in the last, well, I'll say this, in the last two years within the youth group itself and the teens, we've had twelve. Yep. Um and that is I mean, glory to God. It's yeah. just awesome. It's amazing. Uh it shows, I think,
1: uh, a dedication from these kids and, uh, desire to learn and grow and, um, and, uh, obviously has concluded with, uh, the knowledge and decision to become a Christian. Yep. And, uh, so that has sparked this other desire to, now that you are a Christian, um, let's talk about that, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. what, 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 uh, what is being held for the rest of your life? You know, what, what comes next? Um, yeah. I think there's too many times that uh folks see the waters of baptism as the final step, yes, boom, I'm saved, good, we're good to go, yeah, and um, and that's that's not true uh there, that's, there there's a reason there's something else for our life because yeah. we don't believe that once you're saved in baptism, you're always saved, you know yes. the, the once saved always saved. Um, belief. That's uh, thats not what we read in scripture. Uh, there's a reason that Paul even wrote all of these letters to the Christians in the New Testament. It wasn't to um, encourage people to become Christians. He was writing the letters to people who were already Christians, instructing mm-hmm. them what to do next, yep. um, instructing them how to live a godly life, instructing them um, how to keep on, how to press on. Um, and And so that's kind of what we're doing with the teens I guess and yep. uh well what you're doing with the teens and what we're doing here on the podcast is yep. uh just some little tidbits obviously we're not going to cover the entire life of an individual yep. after baptism um but hopefully we can cover some major topics some important things um to
0: encourage people uh, along their journey yeah and you know I agree with what you were saying a lot of times we make the mistake of thinking that baptism is the final goal and that's the first step. Oh, yeah. Right? And it talks about in Hebrews, right? You, you should be on solid food, but you're still needing spiritual milk, right? Mm-hmm. You're still needing milk. Well, babies drink milk, right? Yeah. I mean, as adults, we do too, but it's a different type, right? <laughs> but babies drink milk. And then eventually they get to the, the little Gerber food, you know? And then eventually they get to actual peas. and Chicken then they get nuggets. To chicken, right? Like they, <laughs> they progress in what they're able yeah. to eat. And, you know, I think it's... I'm still at the chicken nugget stage, by the, the way. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that that may ever change, Dylan. Um, no, but uh, but but we progress through our, our normal life and, and, and our taste buds and the things that we like to eat, the things that we want to eat, yeah. right? And the same should be true with our spiritual life. We should grow. We should increase. And baptism mm-hmm. is the first step, right? It it signifies that you are now a Christian, right? It
1: signifies you have turned from whatever life you were living before
0: and yeah. you are now
1: – Living for Christ. Yes. Uh, you are it is not newborn. you who live, but Christ who lives in you. Yeah. Um, and it is the beginning of any kind of
0: relationship with Christ. Yeah. You're a, you're a newborn babe in Christ. Yep. Right? Just as a newborn baby requires all sorts of help and attention, well, a yep. newborn babe in Christ also does. Exactly. And I think we we miss that a lot. And, and the thing that we're trying to do here is not miss that. Yes. Trying to yeah. encourage these kids, encourage these teens to be firm in their faith and to yep. know why they believe what they believe and then to grow it. Yep. So today we're going to be talking about the Lord's Supper. Mm-hmm. And the Lord's Supper is something that I think is absolutely instrumental to worship as well as to our life as a Christian. Um, it's it's something that we do every week. It can become rote. It can become robotic almost. It can become mm-hmm. uh, meaningless. But it's not meaningless, and it can't be meaningless. It should yeah. not be meaningless, right? Um, I think sometimes we we get in the habit of we go to church, we take the Lord's Supper, and then that's that. And it's not a conscious decision of what we're doing. It's yeah. not, we're not focused on
1: that. And that's all up to the participant. Yes. Uh, whoever is partaking of the Lord's Supper, each individual, um, that's up to
0: them whether mm-hmm. or not they become robotic in it. Yes. So what I want to do is I want to— Go to the institution of the Lord's Supper, where it was All originally right. instituted. But before we get to that, gotta talk about the origins of it.
1: Exactly. So yeah.
0: Exodus talks about the Passover lamb, mm-hmm. right? And uh, what they did is it was a year, uh, a lamb of one year without blemish that they were to uh, kill, and then they were to spread the blood on the doorpost, and the mm-hmm. angel of death would pass over that house.
1: Yeah, it was the the tenth plague. Yes, um, when. God told Moses, take my people out of Egypt. There were 10 plagues um, that uh, Egypt (laughs) endured. um, And the 10th one, uh, God said that the firstborn of every family was going to be killed um, on this specific night um, now to become as the Passover night. Um, And it was going to, the the angel of death, as you mentioned, was going to come over all of, all of Egypt. um, And Because God told his people that was happening the way that you avoided having your firstborn child in um, your household being killed was to do what you're saying. You know, the one-year-old lamb without blemish, um, taking the blood of that, putting it on the doorpost. And uh, you're going to continue talking about the meal, I think, that accompanied that.
0: Yeah, and so after the Passover, that initial Passover, so they had that Passover there. They had unleavened bread. They Mm -hmm. were ready to leave immediately, right? They had... Um, they had wine that they were to drink, right? They had all these things, mm-hmm. and they left immediately after, right? And Egypt gave them tons of gold, tons of Just silver, right? Like, all of the wealth. Get out of here. Go away. And for every year following that, mm-hmm. the Israelites were supposed to keep the Passover meal. Yeah, now, there as were a times, remembrance. Yes, as a remembrance, right? A remembrance of the fact that the Lord freed them from slavery, right? Yep. The Lord freed them from Egypt. Uh, the Lord has freed his people, right? Yeah. Well, there were times throughout Israelite history where they didn't take it. There were times throughout Israelite history where they completely abandoned God, right? And then there were also times where they were faithful in taking it. And so I think that really kind of holds true to us today. There are times where we are faithful in taking it. And then even if we're taking it every Sunday, there's times where we're not faithful in taking Mm -hmm. it, right? Um, But that is the origin of what we're about to hear, what we're about to read, because this is Jesus taking the Passover right? So in Matthew chapter 26 is where I'm going to read it from. And you can find this in any of the gospels. It's in all four of the gospels. We're going to read from Matthew chapter 26. Now, as they were eating, Jesus took bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And so Jesus here, he says, and, and I think it's it's very, very interesting that he wants them to remember him, right? Take, mm-hmm. eat, this is my body, right? It yep. is a remembrance of the Christ, right? It is a remembrance of Jesus, um, and, and one of the other one of the other versions uh, one of the other gospel accounts said do this in remembrance of me right and so a lot of a lot of churches we have our on the table right where we preside over the Lord's Supper do this in remembrance of me yeah it's just a scriptural reference to what we're doing yeah um, and so the Passover became substituted with right it was done away with it was fulfilled right it was done away with. And now Jesus is in place. Yep. And Jesus has called his disciples to remember him via his body and his blood.
1: Yeah. He took something that they were familiar with, the Passover, Mm -hmm. um, uh, something that that these men who were very devout Jews um, partook in every single year in order to remember their um, forefathers who God had brought out of Egypt and remember what God had done for them. Yes. And... And now Jesus took this thing that they're familiar with, um, and it, it's it's very clever when you look at it from the perspective of Christ uh, taking something that they are familiar with in order to um, really uh, institute. establish uh, institute something new. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and so he he really just changed it. Yes, uh, you don't need to take the Passover anymore. Uh, that was great. Now yeah. the thing that you need to remember is me. Yes.
0: Well, and, and I think it needs to be stated as well that the bread that they ate was obviously not his literal body. Yes. Right. Um, there, there's uh, I forget what the term is. I'll have to look it up, but uh, there is a term that, that is used that essentially says that uh, the body of Jesus, like when you eat the bread, um, the body of Jesus is what you were eating. Or when you drink the, the wine, The body of – the blood of Jesus is what you are drinking. Um, And so I I think that is essential that we state that that is not what happens. It is a symbolic representation of uh, of Christ, right, Of, of his body and of his blood. Um, you have anything else? I've got. I've got another place I want to go.
1: No, um, I. I just wanted to expound upon what you're saying. There, there are um, some beliefs out there. Um, I don't recall under which denominations they fall. Um, that you know, when you take the bread and eat it, it turns into Christ's body yeah. um, after you eat it, and. Um, And we can go into a lot longer discussion about how that's not true, um, how that's not real. Um, The simplest spot that I look at is uh, to look at uh, times of miracles, um, miraculous works and miraculous gifts even, um, that all passed away in the first century, um, that uh, was done away with. And so um, if you think of something that is like, bread turning to flesh, um, obviously you are uh, thinking that it has to be something miraculous. And yeah. um, so if we just have the understanding that, you know, that, that time of miracles, in order to, for the apostles to prove who they were, in order for the apostles to, to provide evidences for uh, what they were talking about, that time is, has been done away with yes. because the the Bible's is complete. Yes. Um, and so I know I'm going over so much information in a very, very summarized fashion, yeah. but um, I think that's the best way I can summarize
0: that. Yeah. Well, and the the phrase is transubstantiation. Yes. Right. So the, the, the bread itself turns into a physical body or the wine or the grape juice, right? The fruit of the vine, as it's called in scripture, mm-hmm. turns into um, his actual blood. It's not what happens, right? We're not, Cannibals, okay. yeah. <laughs> and that's why I tell the kids, right? Like, we're not cannibals. We're not actually eating Jesus, yeah. Um, and so, but we are symbolically taking on his life, right? We are symbolically understanding that we have been freed from sin, right? Mm-hmm. Which is which is the whole point. And So, uh, we're gonna go to First Corinthians chapter eleven here. All right, and uh, we're gonna start in verse seventeen, and this is Paul talking to the church in Corinth. Uh, the first letter is, is pretty rough. Uh, There's a lot the church in Corinth is doing wrong. There's a lot that they need to be addressed on. There's a lot that goes on. And one of the things is the Lord's Supper. So he says, but in the following instructions, I do not commend you because when you come together, it is not for the better, but for the worse. For in the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you and I believe it in part, for there must be factions among you in order that those who are genuine among you may be recognized. When you come together, it is not the Lord's Supper that you eat. For in eating, each one goes ahead with his own meal. One goes hungry, another gets drunk. What? Do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I commend you in this? No, I will not. For I receive from the Lord what I also delivered to you. That the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. There's a little bit more there about taking it in an unworthy manner. Mm -hmm. But what I really want to focus on is the idea of that Paul is presenting here about how we take the Lord's Supper. Yeah. And it's not necessarily that we are to be eating an entire meal right? And getting full, right? And somebody else doesn't have any food. And so they go hungry. And then somebody else is drinking a ton and, you know, it's, they, they get drunk, right? Well, especially back then, right? The wine was so watered down mm-hmm. and was so low alcoholic content. I mean, the amount of wine you had to drink to get drunk was a substantial amount of wine. Yeah. Um, and so there's, there's a lot that's going on here. It's just not good. Right? Yeah, they're not taking it to remember Christ. They're taking it for their own pleasures. It's an, another meal.
1: Yeah. Yes. Um. I think the really thing, the thing that Paul was really trying to emphasize here is that you do this together mm-hmm. in order to remember Christ. there it's, There's two really important parts that yeah. they were failing in both of these. Yeah. Um, one, you're not doing this together. Yeah. You're not uh, coming together to protect the Lord's Supper together. And you're not even remembering Christ when you do it. Yeah. And so he, when he gives his little sarcastic comments uh, throughout here, which is one of the reasons uh, that um, I just, when I'm reading my Bible, sometimes when I'm reading through some of the letters written by Paul, I I just can't put it down. I I just keep reading it through because Paul's uh, writing is just, it's so intriguing uh, to yeah. me. Uh, but his sarcastic comments here as far as like, you don't have homes to eat in. Yeah. Um, he's saying, if you're hungry, then eat before you gather together. Yeah. If, you, if you really are that hungry and that, that starving, then you have a home. Eat your meal in your home yeah. and then come together for the Lord's Supper in order to remember Christ. You don't yeah. come together to have this fill-your-belly
0: type of a meal. You yeah. come together to remember Christ. Yes. And I think that's an important thing that that we do in worship, right? I think it's—I've heard it said that this is the reason, right, that we gather for worship, and I disagree with that. I think it is one of the reasons that we gather for worship. Mm-hmm. We worship God. That's one of the reasons. We sing to God, and we sing with one another. That's another reason. We hear yeah. a part of the message, right? We hear a part of the, of God's Word preached, That is another reason. We take the Lord's Supper. That is another reason. We fellowship. That is another reason, right? There's a lot of reasons we come together for worship, and the Lord's Supper is one of them, and it is a very important part of it, right? It is of equal value with everything else that we do Mm -hmm. because we are remembering the Christ. And all that we do, our job is to remember the Christ, right? And this is a physical representation, a symbolic representation of how we remember the Christ, and it's important how we take it. It's important how we do it. Right. Mm-hmm. It's important that we're not focused so much on the food part or just focus so much on the drink part. It's, it's, it's important that we're focused on Christ. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, some people may ask, why do we why do we drink grape juice? Well, we'll touch on that real quick. The, the word in the Bible for wine is vino, which is mm-hmm. also a, a word for grape juice. Yeah. And so we utilize grape juice because, one, it is a fruit of the vine. Two is unfermented, right? It is not alcoholic, um, and there is very little evidence that shows that Jesus truly jank, drank fermented wine, right? Alcoholic drink. Um, yes, an argument can be made, but an argument can be made the other way, and so we we do not partake of wine itself. Uh, we we drink grape juice, um, yeah, because of the, the the vino there. It's it's, it,
1: it's a a very scholarly discussion that I don't know if a whole lot of our listeners would be <laughs> intrigued by. No, but, um, but it but is something I, that I, I will to state. No, I, I agree with you. It, it is important to state. Um, one of the importance, importances, one of the things of note um, <laughs> is uh, when you are actually reading the Greek, uh, if you are somebody who does that and enjoys that, um, uh, there's – is a distinction between new wine and old wine. Um, In other words, fermented and unfermented. And um, so I'll just throw that in there um, as part of the discussion and something for our listeners to research on their own. Um, Do that little bit of research and um, you might be surprised what you find um, that there's a very, very big difference and very big emphasis on – Fermented drink versus non-fermented drink. Even though they're all called wine, yeah. um, it's new wine and old wine. Um, and one more thing I want to point out from this uh, passage in First Corinthians 11 is if you keep reading in verse 27 and following, Paul says, "Who whoever therefore eats of the, eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood and blood of the Lord." Let a person examine himself then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup for anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. I think that's a really important point is you need to examine yourself. That's part of uh, doing it in a worthy manner is, you know, you're not taking this meal to fill your belly as a, as a, you know, I'm hungry. I need to eat type of meal. It's a, to remember the Lord, but also, um, we mentioned before, it can become such a robotic thing for so many people. Um, it can be done by rote. And I believe that is also in an unworthy manner. If you are not examining yourself, thinking, um, through your own life, as far as why you need Christ, um, thinking in your mind and preparing your mind to focus on the cross, to focus on, on the Lord's death. And, um, if you're not doing that ahead of time, then you might as well just be eating this meal to fill your belly. Yeah. And I, I think that's all part of what Paul's talking about here.
0: Yes. Well, and, and so that, that brings up another point there um, that, that I think is important to note, uh, something that, that recently I've actually had conversations about and, uh, and, and talked through. But uh, all of the passages of the Lord's Supper that we read without fail and unequivocally— talk only about his death. Mm -hmm. So as we partake of the Lord's Supper, we focus on his death. The thought and the ideas and everything that surrounds his life and his resurrection and his ascension and the fact that he's coming again, all of those are relevant. All of those are necessary. All of those are important. The Lord's Supper is a focus on his death. Mm -hmm. It is a remembrance of the fact that he lived and then died for our sins. Uh, It should lead us to want to know what else happened, right? It should lead us to focus on, oh, but he rose. And because of that, now we have hope, right? But it is a focus on his death. And I think that is something that uh, is, is very important. I think that's something that we minimize maybe at times, right? Yeah. We we focus so much on the resurrection that we don't focus as much on the death and we don't focus as much on the ascension, right? Yeah.
1: Well, and we've had this conversation before off air. And yeah. um, one of the things that I think is a strong point um, is that, Part of preparing your mind uh, for the Lord's Supper, in order to think about His death, is um, having the whole life of Christ um, really in your mind and and prepared to think about the entire life of Christ. That's that's everything from the, the perfect life He lived, yeah. um, the the resurrected body, the ascended um, body, and and all of that in, encompassed is what makes his death so important yes. as, as the son of God. And, yeah. um, and so I, I think th- there are so many ways you can, you can go about preparing your mind t- for the Lord's supper, preparing your mind to um, think about Jesus Christ um, and remembering him. Um, but these that I'm bringing up, th- these are just some, some important things to, to always be, be thinking about whenever you're engaging in the Lord's Supper.
0: Yeah. So there's there's two more things um, that, that I kind of want to talk about. One is the early church partaking of the Lord's Supper. Right? Okay. Where do we have proof of that? And then two, on what day are we supposed to do this? Right? Because yep. we just read in 1 Corinthians, it says, as often as you do this. Well, yeah. how often do we how do How often, yeah. Right? <laughs> so there's two passages that we're going to go to, and one of them is going to be a proof of the fact that the first church did this. Mm-hmm. Right? And the second one is going to be a proof of the fact the first church did it and it was on a certain day. So yep. Acts chapter 2, verse 42, this is right after uh, the 3,000 souls have been added to the Lord's church, right mm-hmm. after uh, Peter's sermon. <clears throat> In verse 42, it says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. So there's four things here that are happening with all 3,000 plus of these people first thing they are doing is that they are devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, which is the teaching of Christ, mm-hmm. right? The second thing they are doing is that they are devoting themselves to fellowship, to being with one another, to talking to one another, to spending time with one another. The third thing it says is that they are breaking bread, right? The breaking of bread, which is the remembrance of Christ. That is the Lord's Yeah, it's
1: uh, language for the Lord's Supper. Yes. You know, they, they came together to break bread. Uh, yes. They were devoted to the breaking of bread. Um. It's a, a reference to the breaking of bread. I put that in quotes because now we have these little cups and we don't really break the bread together. But Break it with our um, teeth. <laughs> um, but that's uh, it's a reference to the Lord's Supper. Yes. The
0: breaking of bread. And the last thing there is prayers, mm-hmm. right? And devoting themselves to prayer. So the first church, right? The first century church, the very beginning of the church, right? When it was really, when it was Jew and Gentile together, right? Today, we don't, have that, but Jew and Gentile together, proclaiming Christ as the as the Lord of hosts, right? As as the mm-hmm. Son of God. Well, the first century church did that. Yeah, they partook of the Lord's Supper. And if we move over to Acts chapter twenty, verse seven, it's probably one of my uh, favorite sections of Scripture. Mostly because I, I think it's hilarious that a young man fell asleep while Paul was preaching. Yeah. Um, not so much that he died. He was raised from the dead, so it's okay. You know, it worked out for him. But I do find it funny that he fell asleep. But, uh, and the fact that Scripture records that, right? That's Mm -hmm. that's probably the funniest thing to me. Uh, In Acts chapter 20, verse 7 here, on the first day of the week, well, there it is, right? First day of the week. We have a day in which something is happening. It says, when we were gathered together to break bread. So they were purposing themselves to break bread. It was the first day of the week. Mm-hmm. It says here that Paul talked with them intending to part on the next day, right? So there he is talking with them. So he's fellowshipping, right? And then it says, and he prolonged his speech until midnight. Well now he's preaching, right? So there is a sense of back and forth there. There's a sense of preaching. There's a sense of discussion of of growing together. Uh and so you have fellowship is happening, you have preaching is happening, they're they're praying, right? We we assume that they are praying just based on everything else that we know. And they're taking the Lord's supper, and it's on the first day of the week, and so then we have to understand what the first day of the week is. And a lot of people view the first day of the week as Monday because that's the first day of the work week. Well, Sunday is the first day of the week. Mm-hmm. The Sabbath day was a Saturday, right? And if the Sabbath is the last day of the week, was, and the Sabbath is the last day of the week, it was the rest day, right? The seventh mm-hmm. day, right? On the seventh day, God rested. It was a Sabbath. Yeah. Well, that's a Saturday, and that makes Sunday. The first day of the week, if it follows the last. So, uh, Sunday being the first day of the week, they took the Lord's supper and here you have the early Christians doing it Mm -hmm. right from the very first day that they were baptized until, you know, 18 chapters later when, when Paul is, you know, probably 15, 20 years into his missionary, missionary journeys, they're still partaking of the Lord's supper on the first day of every week. Yeah. I think it's really cool also,
1: um, if you read through the first 6 verses of that chapter, mm-hmm. uh, chapter 20, it's uh one of the things that makes the book of Act, book of Acts so fascinating to me is that you can just read it like a story. Uh you you're following through um Peter for I think the first 9 chapters or so and then Paul for for the rest of the book following him on yeah. his missionary journeys as he goes from town to town, the people that are with him, um the and and it goes into so much detail uh which well, and, which and, is amazing. Luke is the Author of yeah. of the book of Acts, he well, also wrote is, the gospel. He Luke, also
0: wrote the gospel of Acts. Yeah. But. Well, in Luke, for the first like fourteen chapters, is recording what he has heard from others. Yes. And in the remaining chapters, you'll notice it's the we. Portions. It says we. Yeah. Well, Luke was with them, and there is yeah. a certain point during those last you know fourteen chapters or so where Luke is not with them. There's a little bit of time yeah. where it switches back, but for the most part, Luke is with Paul. Yeah and participating in all this. And this is one of those things that Luke is with.
1: And so he says, um, uh, when we, uh, when we we were were gathered gathered together. together, Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the important things about Luke though, is that he was a physician. Yeah. And so you'll see it both throughout the gospel of the gospel of Luke, but also, um, the acts of the apostles, the book of acts. Um, he is so detailed in his writing. And, um, so anyways, I, I say all this about the, the book, the details, the author. Um, because if you read through the first six verses of chapter twenty, You get the details about where Paul was going, who was with him, who was accompanying him um, as he goes from town to town. And in verses 5 and 6, um, uh, these went on ahead and were waiting for us at Troas. But we sailed away from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread. Um, in five days we came to them at Troas where we stayed. For seven days. That would be one week. And yeah. then evidently we're reading verses 7 and 8. He's intending to d- depart the next day. Yeah. And so he wanted to be with them for the Lord's Supper twice. Yes. The first day of the week. Twice. Um, yeah. It was the first day of the week. He was ready to leave the next day. He had already been there for seven days. Had yeah. stayed with him a week. Um, it just, it's interesting. It's, it's kind of like a, a little puzzle. You're just putting together puzzle pieces as you're realizing, like, okay, uh Paul had intention behind what he was doing. Yeah. Uh there there was a uh an intentional instruction um by the way that he was living his life and honestly by the way he was traveling from yes. from
0: church to church
1: and and uh strengthening the brothers and sisters.
0: Yeah. So that is uh really kind of all I've got for the Lord's Supper. I mean there's there's probably a whole lot more we can talk about. There but, right, is. Yeah. The the purpose of of these studies that I'm having with the teens and the purpose of these podcasts as we do them is not to sit here for hours on end and preach. Right? It's just to briefly discuss well, these are some of the things that are expected now that you are a Christian. Yeah. Well, speaking of discussing, do we have time to discuss one more point
1: about this? Of course. Yeah. Okay. So um in the spirit of just general conversation and not, um, preaching. Um, I want to ask you, what is something that you've seen the church fall short in, in regards to the partaking of the Lord's supper? What Mm -hmm. can we do better in? Um, I've got something I want to share. I also wanted to ask you, uh, if you have something to share, um, I'll go first while you're thinking about that. Uh, give your, give your, give you time for the wheels to turn. Yeah. Um, but, I think we have uh, really fallen short in the uh, time allotted to the Lord's Supper. And um, in our order of worship that we always, you know, schedule up, you know, we have the songs, we have scripture being read. uh, We have some some men who are uh, tasked with leading a prayer, uh, leading the congregation in prayer. Uh, We have a a message that is uh, preached from the word and we have the Lord's supper. And I I think it's partly a cultural thing, but we have become so rigid in our schedule and so all right, one minute like once the once the prayer for the bread is done, one minute for people to think about it and then we got to do the next one. Yeah. And um I I personally think I think that's something we need to grow in. Um and and be able to have more time to focus on the Lord and His death. So, how about you? Um, what do you What are you thinking about?
0: A couple things. Um, one, I like that. I do think that requires a completely different conversation. Oh, that was my ring. It's um, <laughs> messing with my ring, and it fell off. Um, but uh, I, I think that requires a completely different conversation. Really, about the time that we are there for worship. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Um, And I don't want to get into all that, but I do want to encourage our readers to go through and, I mean, just look through Acts chapter 20, starting in verse seven, and see how long they were together. Yeah. Um, It wasn't an hour. Um, So I do think that's one thing, but uh, I think individually, I'll I'll speak individually. I know that I myself do not do a good enough job of preparing the night before, Mm. preparing the morning of, Uh, and then considering it after, right. It's, it's not just a, again, like you said, it's not just a one minute thing, right? It's not a two minute thing. It's a, it's a daily all the time type of thing. Yeah. We are to remember the Christ. Uh, I I think as a congregation, we have some men who will get up there and and do a very good job of leading us in our thoughts and helping us Mm -hmm. to work through what the Lord's supper is and why we're taking it. And then we have some that just get up there and pray. And I think as a whole, we've got to do better at leading the congregation in thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, part of that means it's going to take some time, right? And, uh, you know, we don't need to take up too much time, but we also can't be too short, right? Like there is yeah. there is a balance and there is a um, – because of the way that our worship works right now, there is a balance, right? Yeah. Um, and so that's – that is one thing that uh, individually I think we can do better is preparing the night before, preparing the morning of – uh, and then also just making sure that those who are leading the Lord's Supper are leading the thoughts well. Um, you know, I will say this: uh, I, I struggle to pay attention to anybody who's up there leading the Lord's Supper, hmm. regardless of what they say. And I know that there's, there are others that are like me, and so I will read through the accounts yeah. in Scripture to kind of gear my own thoughts towards it. Yeah, because um, my mind wanders when I start listening to people. You know? Yeah, and and that's just not. That's well, not good. <laughs> you know, I'm supposed to be thinking about God, not thinking about what I'm going to have for lunch, right? And so yeah. I focus very intently upon the scriptures, and I read through the scriptures, and I pray about the scriptures, and then I pray about his death, and I pray about what I'm doing, right, in my life and how I am supposed to be glorifying him through my actions. And, and then I apologize for all the things that I do wrong, right? And I, Because yeah. he died because of me. That's the reality, right? Yeah. Jesus died because of me. If I was the only sinner in the entire world, he still would have died. Yeah. So Jesus died because of me. Yeah. And when we understand that, man, that's just heartbreaking. Yeah. And if we sit there in the Lord's Supper and we're playing on our phone or we're doing all sorts of stuff and, and we're supposed to be remembering the Christ who died for us, I mean
1: I struggle with that. I think that goes back to our initial conversation. You're a Christian, now what? And if you've made the decision to put on Christ in baptism be actually like clothed with Christ, um, then you got to live it. Um, It's got to be a part of your life. And um, so, yeah, so that'll be the next nine weeks is talking about how
0: else we can, we can live it. Right. Yeah. We've got a few different studies that we'll be going over. So uh, be looking out for those. And if you know a new Christian uh, or if you yourself have been struggling in your faith and uh, whatever the case may be, if you feel like these are going to encourage you, we we ask that you share them. We ask that you, Mm Uh, listen to them uh, and, and give us feedback as well we'd love to hear it yep um, but in the uh, next few next few seconds or so, if you could pay attention just a little bit longer, see how you can help us, we'd really appreciate it. love you all very much bye <music> Thank you for listening to another episode of Bible Conversations. We want to encourage you to check out our proud partners, Ministry League. They have a website as well as an app that you can download from your smartphone.
1: Yeah, not only that, but also be sure to send us an email. You can reach us at kcocbibleconversations at gmail.com. We'd love to hear
0: from you what your thoughts and comments are on today's episode. And if you have any questions or any comments, anything that you would like to let us know, please send us a text at the following number 972-905-0856
1: yeah and that way we'll be able to uh, get that comment and and get back with y'all as well and please leave reviews and comments I know there's a lot of places that you listen to this podcast that you can leave comments and reviews I know Apple Podcasts I'm pretty sure iHeartRadio and others you can Mm -hmm. uh,
0: leave reviews and comments as well and last but most certainly not least we ask that you share this with your friends Uh, we do our best to provide Uh, biblical and and, and strong uh, discussion, and we hope that you can feel free to share that with everybody that you love and come in contact with. Thank you all so much for all of your support. We love you.